Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Denise Milne, CEO of CASA and the CASA Foundation. CASA, Child, Adolescent, and Family Mental Health, is a large nonprofit organization in Edmonton serving infants, children, adolescents, and their families struggling with mental health. CASA is very proud to take a leadership role along with our partners, Edmonton Public School, the Alberta Alliance on Mental Health and Mental Illness, the Institute of Health Economics, and the University of Alberta in talking about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact on one's mental health. We are living in unprecedented times. The outbreak of COVID-19 has caused fear and anxiety in our society. It is perfectly normal to feel overwhelmed by what's happening in our society. CASA wants to provide accurate and trusted information so we can share our expertise with you in this changing environment. Before we begin, I want to acknowledge that we are Treaty 6 territory, a traditional meeting ground, gathering place, and a traveling route to the Cree, Sauté, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakode Sioux. I would now like to introduce our moderator, Leslie McDonald. So much, Denise. We, um, we're streaming live to you, as you can tell, uh, from the CASA Resource Centre on the south side campus of CASA. Uh, our format today is uh, we're going to uh, have our speaker, we're going to have a bit of a discussion, and then we're going to open it up uh, so that you have your questions as well. We had some great questions yesterday, so we look forward to hearing from you. As Denise mentioned, these are really unprecedented times. People have a lot of questions. Um, CASA has a lot of resources, pretty fantastic resources. So what we decided is that if you can't come to us, we will come to you. Um, so we're live streaming to give an opportunity so that you can be part of the dialogue as well. And we have a number of fantastic experts at CASA that we'll be bringing forward every day at about 3 o'clock at this time, not about at 3 o'clock at this time during the week. Um, our topic today is the kids are home. <laughs> How do you cope? What are some tips, some advice, things that you can do, some practical things? And our guest today is Dr. Mercy, and I know Mercy. Hopefully, I'm going to get your name right. Come on and sit. Come on down. Dr. Mercy Yaboa Ampadu. Yes. Thank oh, you. You thank got you. it. I'm going to call her Dr. Mercy for simplicity's <laughs> sake. Um, she began her career as a military social worker in the Canadian Armed Forces. Mm -hmm. She is now the clinical lead with the school age services at CASA. She's also a part-time sessional instructor at the University of Calgary Centre and Northern Alberta Region Facility of Social Work. Uh, faculty of social work, I yes. should say. Mercy has well over, well over 20 years experience in clinical practices with adults, families, children, and youth. She offers play-based and expressive art therapies in addition to the traditional talk therapies um, to address difficult and emotional issues like anxiety and depression, child-parent conflicts, trauma, among other things. She's also the author of two children's therapeutic storybooks and she is a parent with uh, uh, living with what she's going to talk with us about today. So thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I'm looking you. forward it's, to this. It's great to be here. I ah, So when I called you last night, yes. you had just gotten home from work. I did. And, um, and you said, this is a good example of 
me, I'm actually living what I what I what I talk about, what Absolutely. I do every day. Yeah. So, what's your personal situation? Well, you know, I'm actually quite fortunate that uh, my children are in junior high, so uh, they could do a little bit more for themselves in terms of getting up, setting up a little bit of their own routines. But it's hard, anyways. It's hard yeah. to not have school. It's hard to not have their sports, not have their friends. Um, it's, it's just difficult for them. And so when they come home, they're looking for my attention. And so I, I do a full day work and then I go home and I have to be with my kids and hear their things and try and go for a walk so they can get fresh air and, and be a mother. And so um, I certainly um, live with what many parents are experiencing in terms of not, you know, with the schools being, you know, the classes being canceled, yeah. um, the challenges that are, are going in every day, and of course, uh, worrying about their own health um, and how we're gonna manage through this pandemic. It's, it can be quite anxiety provoking, I think. Well, you know, I can imagine the thought mm. processes that go through with you mm. when, you know, when you start to react to something and then you realize, hey, wait a minute, I do know better. Right. I do this for a living. Absolutely. So what are those things that go through your head? You know, I think, my biggest thing is just to stay calm. Um, I, like a lot of Albertans, uh, wait for uh, our chief medical officer yeah. to speak at 3.30 and I, and I listen and I, yeah. and I listen to what our premier says and I get the information yes. and I make sure that we're following the proper guidelines. So we're washing our hands, we're maintaining our social distance. We have to do our part, mm -hmm. each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but of course trying to plan as well. What will next week look like? I don't have the answers. And I don't have them for my kids who are asking the questions. Yeah. So our family, we're just doing our best uh, to just keep our precautions and just live through this. And knowing that it's not going to be a one week, one week or two week thing. We're in it for a long time. So there's a marathon and we've got to take our time and, 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 and get through that. So in order to understand a bit more about some of the practical things you're going to mm -hmm. offer us, give me an idea of what you do at CASA and some of the mm -hmm. things that you've learned. You know, I think we're learning each and every day. I think the biggest thing for us um, that changed for us is when um, the schools uh, canceled classes because that was the biggest impact on our population in terms of what was happening for them and what was happening for their families. So the biggest things that we were seeing were um, you know, children losing their natural outlets mm -hmm. to then um, express or to deal with their stresses. Just their natural coping, being able to go to the library, going to the rec center, yeah. um, being with friends, having their routines for the day. So I think those are the biggest impacts and the lessons that we're learning are, mm -hmm. how do we help people maintain just mental health and well-being with all these restrictions? Because for the most part, we've always been able to do things for so next week is spring break most parents would have entertained their children by the museums the art galleries the pools and things yeah. like that yeah. and so we're learning um, how to coach families um, through what is normal and that this is normal and that sometimes uh, kids are going to drive you nuts as parents um, especially if you're working from home or when you've come home from a day's worth of work um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more challenging. And so everyone's nerves are a little bit afraid. I live as that as a mother. My, my children can probably speak to that, yeah. um, that I'm even a bit more irritable when I come home. Wow. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing? Uh, let's look at specifically at, at, at sort of what you do at CASA. Right. The kind of services that you offer, sure. but how that applies to 
the kinds of things that you're seeing now. Right, so we see children within our school age program, um, children between the ages of five and 18 who present with a multiple types of presentations. Um, and so we've actually right now for this week as we're learning uh, each day, uh, we're doing a lot more phone-based consultations. Yes. But normally we'd be having people come in doing face-to-face -face work. Um, and so that's even a challenge in terms of how we provide um, play therapy, how do you provide expressive arts therapy, how do you do talk therapy with you know our younger population that's normally used to coming in. So on a normal day we would have children and families coming in. We'd be doing a you know a different types of therapies whether it's group therapy so we've had anxiety um, uh, therapy groups, we've had our parent management groups um, that we do normally in terms of helping parents with kids with emotional regulation, ADHD, yeah. um, you know, behavioral issues, school-based issues, anxiety, depression, you know, that's kind of our, our everyday. And we've got a really amazing team, a great team of therapists who see uh, families and their children for different for different things. So that's so you, our normal work. You'd have to really use technology, just like we're all having to use technology. We're supposed to, we're apart because of the whole distancing yeah. thing. And you and I are not apart kind of people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, uh, but you know, we're, we're having to learn different ways of doing mm -hmm. things. I'm interested, I wasn't gonna jump into this right away, mm -hmm. but you talked about your background in the military and that's yeah. one of the things that's really helped you mm -hmm. with dealing with this. What have you learned? Yeah, I think you know one of the really great things about the military is that you learn how to work in extreme circumstances and under extreme conditions. Uh, and for long periods of time. So I learned a lot um, in my 20 years in the military, but a lot of my defining moments came out of my own deployment in 2009 to Afghanistan. Um, and for six months, you have to work in extreme conditions. They're not ideal and they're, they're very tough and sometimes you have to make do and you have to be creative, but you also have to stay calm um, because it's not a short period of time. You are there. Uh, and so it also means some of the decisions you make um, for your team means that we do the best we can. Um, our therapists want to do the best for parents um, and just reassuring them that as therapists, given you know this new normal, um, that they are doing the best they can and they can be proud of the work they're doing. Um, and I think we've had really great responses from, from families that we've been able to call and have a touch-based session. And it's, and it's, it's been a, a positive experience, I think, for us all. Wow. Mm -hmm. can, what can you share about what you've learned through this process? It's only been a short period of time. Wow. I, I think we're learning that this is hard. It's a lot harder than anyone ever thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I think that um, some other things we've learned is that they've, there's actually been some positive outcomes for some of our, our families and children that we work with. So um, being home <coughs> allows children to be a little bit more relaxed so they don't have to get up and have the pressure of getting up at a certain time going to mm -hmm. school so that's helped a lot of children in terms of just being relaxed they can kind of do their own thing that you know a lot of kids are still doing a little bit of schoolwork at home yes. reading yes they're watching a little bit more YouTube maybe or Netflix a movie here and there yeah. but what I'm hearing from families is they're doing it together and so playing games together doing things together means that we're learning that people are actually finding really these natural ways of coping in a positive way. And so that is something that um, it's happening and, and that's great. We encourage that. 
Okay, so you come home. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the big you. You right. come home yes. and uh, you've had a stressful day yeah. and you don't know how long you're going to be able to do your job and if you're not actually working, you're not getting paid and you've got mm -hmm. bills to pay and you know what's coming with the government. It's mm -hmm. gonna, not going to come for a while and you don't know if you're going to be eligible and all these things. You've got yeah. all these stresses yeah. that you're dealing with, plus just a stressful time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you come home and your kids are screaming. Mm -hmm. So how can you apply some of those techniques mm -hmm. to to kind of, I don't know, make the family situation better? Because we're human. Absolutely. Um, I think my message has always been to families, anytime I've done parent groups, um, because I'm a parent myself, yeah. put your oxygen mask on first. They say that all the time when you're on a flight. Mm -hmm. Put yours on first and then your child's. When you're exhausted um, from a full day, and you've got these legitimate worries, of course, the financial issues are happening. Mm -hmm. We can't give to our children or our families or our friends what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so um, putting on your oxygen mask on first might mean you just tell your child, you know what, mom or auntie or nana, I'm gonna get to you. Mm -hmm. you I, I'm gonna get to you so they see you, but give me two minutes, I'm gonna have a tea and you take a couple of sips of, sips of that tea to just ground yourself mm -hmm. so that you can then respond. Mm -hmm. It just takes a little bit of time. Um, you don't need a Nessian hour because kids won't give you that yeah. ever. Um, but even if you gave yourself two or three minutes, but they can still see you, um, but they, you can ground yourself and say, okay, let me come in, how can, I, how can, what, how can we play this game? How do we do this? And then mom, dad, grandpa, uncle, whoever that caregiver is, is going to have a little bit of their own time when they can get it. So what do you tell your kids? Like, how do you talk to your kids? Is that <laughs> something else you learned from the military? Okay, well, I'm going to be a real parent. I just okay. yeah, <laughs> mom is really tired. <laughs> I need a break. Um, yeah. And I say it in a bit of a panicked way because, you know, um, I, yeah. I come home and they've been cooped up and they, it's like artillery fire. They come at you um, <laughs> with all that's gone on through the day. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get in at the door and they're there. And so I say, you know, I just need a break. I just give me a few minutes and I need to take off my coat first and I will come to you. Mm -hmm. um, and so the lived experience for me is I come home, I know I have to give. Um, but I have to take a little bit of time. So I, I now get to take off my coat, get it, wash my hands, drink some water, and then um, because it's fairly nice outside, you know, hopefully we, we tend to try and go for a bit of a walk. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Of course, maintaining, you know, social distance. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually quite empty most of the time. So yeah. we get our walk because I know they need to have that fresh air. And while yes. we're walking, yeah. we're doing a lot of talking. It's Good. still relationship. Yeah. And so there are ways that uh, individuals can still express and not be stuck at home you can go for a walk and still have a relationship and still talk and still process and connect and still giving yourself some of that oxygen that you need. Wow, because yeah. you know, as parents too, it's our natural desire to want to protect our kids. Absolutely. And and not to give them the stress that we might be feeling it because yeah. we might have our own anxieties about things Absolutely. that are going on. But you know, I, I guess the big debate for some parents is how much do they tell their kids? How much do they share with yeah. them? Yeah, I think this is the big thing that, um, and I've had that even uh, this week speaking with families, um, and I learned that within the military, yeah. um, which is, the threat is not uh, irrational. Yeah. So it is real. And so the same way soldiers 
would be concerned about dying, you couldn't tell them in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. Same thing here, we kind of bring it back to, to families. We can't tell people they're not going to get sick. They may get COVID-19, and that's what's frightening about it. But we, we take that back, so we, we validate their concerns, we validate the word, that's, this is really worrisome. Yeah. And one of the things that we're doing, so parents and tell your children, it's really important, and we're going to wash our hands, we're going to do all the things that the health people are helping us and are making sure that we're doing, that we're going to do social distancing when we go outside, we've got to do it for this reason, it's important for us to, to trust that when we wash our hands and we do all those things, we're going to be as healthy as possible. And if we're not feeling good, then we need to tell someone, a grown-up, so they can be helpful. Wow. Right? And Good then, advice. you know, as, and, and you're doing that with different age groups. You know, older kids, teenagers, no more. More access to social media. So it's an opportunity for parents to have the conversation, to say, it is worrisome because we really don't know the effects. I think we've got some really great news, which is we've seen other countries that were hit harder than us. Um, there are some places, for example, China, that has no new cases. And so it's about having those questions having those conversations with our older teenagers. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think that might mean overall? Do you think that's positive news? Is that hopeful news? Do you think that, you know, that we're doing the best that we can? Like, what are you seeing? And to talk about the things that they're, fright they're fearful of because they're real. Rather than dismiss it, we validate that, yes, it is. And look at all the precautions that we need to do and we need to trust in those precautions. And there's a deeper thing going on here, mm -hmm. too. Uh, they shall inherit this earth. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. They really don't, it's a, even bigger for them. Absolutely. I can imagine all the anxiety with yeah. teenagers in Absolutely. particular. It's, it's a big thing because there's so many unknowns and because this has never happened to us yes. in our history like this. Um, and so it's hard because parents themselves don't have the answers when we go back into our our own library of what was the answer, we don't have it. And so being honest with your child saying, I don't have all the answers and these are the things that we're practicing. These are the things that we're doing to keep safe. I think um, most people will, most experts will say, yeah, it's important not to have the social media up all the time so they're not flooded with that information. Mm -hmm. With young children, if you're going to have the television on with the news, we have to be mindful of what they're hearing because for a young child, that will overwhelm them. Yeah. And then even how we respond as parents because if, par if children see parents panicking, then they know exactly. it is the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we have to really model to them calm, um, if we have our, you know, parents who may have their own mental health concerns, their own anxiety, yes. again, how do you just kind of do a little bit of your soothing for yourself and address, use your own coping skills so that you can then help your child? Because kids are watching us. They're watching how we as the adult world do this. I need to have you back to talk about some of this stuff because we're running out of time. Yes. Yeah. So do you have questions? Yes, I have one question. What about for families that... Um, there's a lot of tension mm -hmm. and they need some support. Any strategies or suggestions around that? It's just yeah. that people have been in the same house and it's a little... Yeah, and I think that's really important. So families that's got tension, you, you're cooped up a little bit together, as long as you're healthy. So again, I'm always going to recommend follow the health guidelines. They're yeah. coming out. It's really important. 
if you can go out on your balcony, for example, if you've got that, if you've got a backyard, you know, that's a place, great place to go to. If you don't have a balcony or a backyard, maybe just walking up your block, yeah. being able to just get some fresh air. Walking also helps you do a little bit of thinking and processing as well. Mm -hmm. And so for those families who need a little bit of support, some really basic things of just being able to get outside a little bit, walk, and then you can come back. Maybe you'll be in a better, better place to maybe continue on. So something that we haven't talked about that's mm -hmm. pretty big in this discussion is humor. Yeah. Ah, you know, just to be able to laugh and enjoy and not be so heavy all the time. Absolutely. Um, kids are kids. Yeah. And even adults, we need to laugh still. Yeah. And not that we need to laugh again, we're still laughing. So that hasn't gone. I think there is some. There are legitimate fears. We have to take this seriously, yeah. and we still have to be human. We've got to laugh. Uh, my colleagues in our in our trauma team, they were singing this morning. Um, I closed my door because <laughs> they, they're a very happy team. Um, but we've got to laugh, and and they yeah. brought humor to the workplace, and that was fantastic um, yeah. because we need that. Kids need to laugh. Adults need to laugh. Um, and there's lots of good humor that's out there. Um, and to be playful. Be play I play a lot of Uno and a lot of, you know, um, we've got this, this uh, thing that you put on your head. I do it on my phone now. I can't remember the name of it, but we, we uh, mime with each other and I'm not very good at it, but we're, <laughs> we're playing. And so be playful yeah. Yeah. and laugh and keep the humor. And it's a way to keep our mental health and well-being going. Okay, now I don't know if we have any questions. If you want to, you can email your questions to info at casaservices.org or you can text them. Are you telling me, Denise, that we have questions? I have none. You have none? Okay, well, good, because I got lots. Okay. <laughs> so on the table, we mm -hmm. have, apart from the hand sanitizer yeah. and that kind of thing, you brought in some books and you brought in some toys. Yeah. And play therapy. So we're only, we've got about five minutes left, yeah. actually less than five. Um, so play therapy. What can you you know, what can you tell us about play therapy that we can do at home? Something sure. that would make a difference for yeah. people. Yeah, I took actually my play therapy training through the Rocky Mountain Play Institute uh, yeah. in Outer Calgary, and I learned so much information there. Um, one, play is the natural language of everyone. Yes. We are always playful, and all children play, and so do adults. Of course, adults think, well, I don't play. We do play. Um, our play is much more sophisticated. We talk with friends. We have them over for dinner, and we're talking and laughing and, and so forth. But play is a great way for children to just to express what's happening in their lives. Yeah. Um, and so uh, what I love about play is with um, play objects um, is that it's never what it is. Uh, until the child tells you what it is. Uh -oh. So you think this is a giraffe, yeah. but ah, here's the creativity and the imagination. It's yes. actually a rocket ship for someone. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and the rush, rocket ship goes up and then it, maybe it comes down. And it's, play gives us, lets us enter the world and enter the mind of a child, mm -hmm. even teenagers. And so um, I'll just move some of these books uh, to the side, but um, sometimes I ask, um, and I, maybe I'll ask you, Sue, um, Leslie, Leslie um, pick an object that best reminds you or best represents you. Oh gosh, I'm stubborn. Oh, right. <laughs> so there you go. You've so, but you could, there's a bit of my personality in a whole bunch of them. Absolutely. Yes. And so we can get people to talk. Yes through an object. Yeah. And so rather than doing this direct 
bring it right up to the surface, yeah. we can go through an object. And so that's what play allows children, young people. When we do it in a sand tray, it allows adults to do it in this very metaphorical, we go into this very deeper kind of spiritual place that it really isn't, isn't just the talking back and forth. I think um, talking, especially for my teenage clients, yeah. um, they get to run away through talking. Uh, they get to avoid, they get to say, I don't know. But with play and expressive art, um, they have to show up and it does show up. On that note, Yes. Okay, we don't have much time. We've got about okay. a minute. So how can we support our kids to process seeing people who are not following the COVID-19 protocols? Oh, that is a great mm, question. Is. I think one of the things that we have to help children understand is yeah. that we need to do the best we can for us. Yeah. And how do we protect ourselves from other people? So that's why we're social distancing right? Mm -hmm. Because kids know when people are not doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so kids will have questions. So social distance, we're going to wash our hands, mm -hmm. we're going to stay away from that person because they're showing symptoms and we don't want to get sick. And so we're reminding them about their own responsibility when they see that to make sure that they're taking proper precautions. Thank you so much. I'm going to call her Dr. Mercy. <laughs> um, we are going to be back on Monday at 3 o'clock. We're going to talk about this from a parent's perspective. We're going to let you out of here by 3.30 so that you can go to the AHS channels to get the latest update. And I didn't promise you that I was going to not embarrass you before we leave. <laughs> Um, when uh, when Mercy came in, she talked about let's do the COVID dance. All right. What's the COVID dance? All right. I'll do it with you as Jeff gets us out of here. Just, okay. Just okay. 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 No music. We'll no make music. our own. Make our Just own. Just do the COVID dance. COVID dance. We can do this together. Have a little <laughs> bit of fun. <laughs> Perfect. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. We'll see you on Monday.